Considering your musicians, consider how they are treated. That is the topic of today's ReChurch. Welcome to ReChurch. I'm Marshall Fant, the Director of Church Consulting and Strategic Planning for Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. My purpose is to encourage pastors and church leaders as you refocus, renew, and revitalize your churches. We've established this podcast to offer practical tips and suggestions as you equip disciples to make disciples. I'd like to welcome back Eric and Bridget Sheevy. This is the second podcast. We just did one uh, recorded on the first one was Considering Your Musicians, A Musician's Perspective on their thinking of the way they would like to have input into the service, as well as today we're going to talk about concerning how they are treated. Was there time for pay? This type thing. Before the Sheevies join us, I want to make sure we give out their email address. It's eb, that's an Eric and Bridget, S-H-E-V-Y at gmail.com. Feel free to contact Eric and Bridget with any questions you have there, as well as you can contact me, mfant at gfamissions.org, mfant at gfamissions.org. Love to have your input on this podcast and other podcasts. So Eric and Bridget, welcome back for podcast number two. Thank you. Thank you. Also, my wife Gretchen is with us. Gretchen, thanks for being Thank here. Thank you. I want to remind our listeners of the uh, GFA Virtual Roundtable. It's been well participated throughout the year, and we continue each month, so you can go to GFA Missions uh, slash Roundtables to find the next listing. We're doing one a month. Those are taking place on Saturday mornings about 9 o'clock Eastern time in the U.S., so be sure and register for those and tune in. But I want to pick up part two. Okay, ministering to musicians. We covered a lot last time. I invite our listeners to tune in briefly. Uh, Eric and Bridget, give a brief description for those you have your parents of four children, right? Yes. And what we didn't get into. So I know two play the violin, Mm -hmm. the older two. What about the younger two? What are they involved in? We have Jaron, who is against violins and plays the (laughs) trumpet. And we have the youngest, Clayton. Uh, six-year-old, and he plays violin as well, becoming quite accomplished, actually. So Good. music will go on in the church. <laughs> and, you know, I think what Gretchen and I have benefited so much from, when we before we came to Harvest, our children were in a music program on Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. And I think I shared this with the Sheebies when they came. And I know the Wednesday night, Fred Coleman, who was our mm-hmm. music director at the time, dedicated Wednesday night to teach these children how to serve the Lord with a lifelong skill. Mm-hmm. So the Sheevies do that here at Harvest. So thank you so much for investing mm-hmm. in the next generation and just developing not only your own children, but also the children uh, within the church. Gretchen, you got any comments on how valuable that was to our children? Oh, yes. And it was valuable for you, too. <laughs> it was. <laughs> because oh, we don't want to get into that. <laughs> we won't talk about that. No, no, but no. yeah, it, it, it was. They're still using the things that they learned. Yeah. as children, even today, and they're in their tw- uh, 20s and 30s. 30s, yeah. Well, I think that's going to be a huge part of this next discussion today, too, is how are we preparing musicians for the church. If okay. Music is a big part of our worship. Go so, back to the first one, right? Yeah. The first episode, volume, or whatever, whatever you call the we, first we're podcast. We're on volume three now. <laughs> <laughs> volume one of this. <laughs> uh, if music is important to the worship, then... How are we training the next generation to get there, too, right? And, right. and so we're, we'll, that'll be part of it. That's but. getting how you treat them. Right. So let's anyways. Ju- let's, so let's jump into that. All right. Getting how, how are we treated? I think this is the main point of this one. So there are many types of musicians. We kind of mentioned that briefly last time in your church. Some with degrees, advanced degrees. Other ones are hobbyists. Some with much invested in, into their ability to help the church with um, music being their livelihood, mm. outside even. Others who only use it 
as a ministry to the church. Okay. And some who practice for an hour to a week, others um, who show up and hope the Spirit moves their fingers. <laughs> you probably had experience with, with most of these, whether you yeah. knew it or not. Yeah. And so what's that fine line, if, if we're talking about treating musicians, what's the fine line between musicians as their ministry to the church, mm-hmm. which we want everyone to have a ministry, and to be doing that just serving the church freely? But then is there also a point where some financial things should be part of what's going on as imperative staff of the church and things. And so I think that's worth talking about some, and every sure. church will land in different places on this. Right. Um, and I know some of what your opinions were about this before when you were the pastor here prior, um, but what is going on out there, even in, in the city of Rock Hill where we are. In South Carolina. Right, Just South Carolina, Carolina, Rock Hill. Um, and, and things, but I think we'll just talk through some of those things, and we'll get some very practical things going on as well with this, but how are they treated in your church just as far as should you be paying a musician mm-hmm. who is playing every week for your church? You've got to toss that around. How, how much are they doing, though, right? And you're weighing that balance. I know that one of our pianists has helped out other churches locally. Okay. When they go, they get $150 for one service to go and play for that church. Okay. They can stay here and get nothing. Right. And we don't want them to be financially driven when it comes to service. Sure. I mean, they're bringing in an outsider to do something. So we have um, musicians who are getting paid sometimes. Uh, and so how do we encourage them to be here? Or am I showing that appreciation to them that I, I pointed out before, that they're here, that they're serving the church? Are we showing that everyone serves the church? Is there a point where they are spending a lot of time on this and they're, they've gone beyond what just weekly service would normally be? And are they in need? You know, yeah. a lot of people yeah. who serve the church a lot, they don't have a financial need, but some people are teaching buku hours and are hardly making it, you know, and different things like that. And, right. and I think you weighed that even probably with me when I was here. And it was beneficial to go on staff some yeah. and take on more things, even with the church. But are, are you considering it? Are you thinking through those issues and the people who are there in your church right, and can, taking good can care we, of them? Can we back up just a minute? All right, yeah. so we know there are the usual weekly routine, Sunday, right. Sunday night, Wednesday, okay? Mm-hmm. But then you get into funerals, weddings. Right. Yeah, we have uh, all that down I know, here. Uh, private lessons. So, mm-hmm. yeah. all right, so let's talk, let's talk about the unusuals first. Let's talk about the weddings. Mm-hmm. The, so, Bridget, because you're asked to do a lot of weddings and funerals. Mm-hmm. And do most, I mean, I can tell you what I tell people, but on the whole... Uh Do people financially give you a gift at funerals or weddings? So for weddings, we usually talk about it ahead of time. Okay, all right. My view, wedding policy up Mm -hmm. front in the church. Okay, not only pianists, uh, sound people. This uh, Go ahead, I'm sorry. So we usually agree on a set price. Um, Mm -hmm. Sometimes a wedding that we just did this past summer, it was someone who I knew had some extra financial needs and stuff. And so I just said, you know, whatever. It's fine. I'll just. I just want to do this. But usually for a wedding, because there's so much that goes into a wedding. Yeah. Um, if you are not a musician, it's hard to really understand. But mm-hmm. um, especially, you know, when they're wanting these specific songs arranged for these instruments, which have never been done before. You know, just there's a lot that goes into it. Funerals, not. Right, so near, a wedding, you have the rehearsal night, right? May yeah, have travel out of town, right? right? Exactly. Okay. And up until that point, I've possibly spent hours and hours and hours yeah. and hours to Just, get to that point yeah. of, um, Yeah, you people know. have no clue 
how many hours she really spends, especially when you talk about ranging. So would you, a wedding is a whole separate uh, yes. issue than really right. a Absolutely. funeral. Okay. Right. If for her to ever get paid as much as she deserves, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. You know, as far as that stuff goes, it has to be for her a little bit of a ministry right now. Right. But sometimes, not not here, but you know, sometimes it's just viewed as, oh, you're the church musicians. Yeah. You know, you do this stuff. Well, no, it really interrupts life and takes up days. Yeah. Days. Well, especially if they're wanting, you know, some people just say, well, come and play a prelude and it's all good, whatever you want. Other people will give you 16 specific songs that they wow. want and they don't have music for and they're hoping that, you know, your kids can play violin and, and just, yeah, it's and a little more complicated. Without any arrangements. And exactly. If, yeah. Yeah. And if they want to be that specific, they yeah. got to understand they better have some good money coming. Because <laughs> you're talking about a lot of work. I, I even wrote down on here, you got to, as a pastor, protect your musicians, yeah. especially certain ones who can't say no. Because right, you know people yeah. who don't say no, yeah. and then you got a request of songs, and if a couple's not willing to spend money on their wedding or can't, they should not be picky about the music that's played. It should be like a standard repertoire right. that musician has, and very limited, and I only show up at these times, and mm-hmm. and you know, thanks for the Chili's gift card, which is what <laughs> you were thinking you were going to give us after well, hours and, and days oh of practice. And but, I think, and, and let me say this to brides or parents of brides or pastors of churches, I think the wedding, unfortunately, gets to be so much about the bride mm-hmm. and not about Christ. Yeah. That then the music is all about her, all mm-hmm. the ones she ever right, wanted, right. and she wants it. And if this isn't done this certain way, then it's her ego. It's her, mm-hmm. and it's it's not about that. Right. Now, again, I want to do everything to the glory of God. So weddings, mm-hmm. that needs to be talked through with right. pastors, right. wedding policies, right. and with musicians. So, But from a musician's perspective, weddings are almost the nightmare of high yeah, stress. That's what, okay, that's what I because yeah. there's no timings that work out the same from the rehearsal to the yeah. day of. Yeah. I mean, it never does. And so it's this constant, like, what's going to happen next? Yeah. What's going to go wrong next? I Who's going to walk fast when they shouldn't? It's just, I know. you can't pay a musician enough for weddings. <laughs> and pastors, you know, somebody joked with me, so how much do you get paid for a wedding? And, you know, it's, it's like, okay, just whatever. But, you know, right. the pastor's right. going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. The pastor's family is setting aside rehearsals. Right. You're setting aside getting there early, and then when something goes wrong, you've got all this stuff. You know, mm-hmm. it, funerals to me are a blessing, right. especially for believers, right? Right. All right, so let's talk about funerals. That's all yeah. another category, right? Well, funerals are, you know, it's a little different because it's somebody who's going through a hard time, and you're trying yeah. to minister to them. And, and you probably just got a prelude. Right. No you just rehearsal. show up, and, yeah. and it's all in a day, you yeah. know, an hour and a half total mm-hmm. or something. So funerals... There's never a set price, and sometimes I get paid, and most of the time I get paid, yeah. but not always, and I, it's okay. Yeah, the pastor right. should probably encourage that, but I mean, everybody's taking advantage of people at funerals already, it seems like, with how much they My pay, funerals are it's so sad. expensive. It does take time. I mean, it's, it's an unplanned thing where she has to try to figure out who's taking care of the kids right. or whatever, and, or stop whatever. Other musicians have jobs, and they're kind of expected mm-hmm. to get out of that job make it to a funeral and play. Well, and it's know. normally in the middle of the day, on the weekday yeah. or something. The verse comes to my mind, seeming others better than themselves. Right. We need to make sure the pastor, personally, mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. making sure the musician's time is esteemed or valued, mm-hmm. whatever word you want to put on there, because you're serving the Lord, and you don't mind sacrificing. Right. At the same mm-hmm. time, no one wants to be taken for granted. Yeah. Is yeah. that fair? I yeah. Think it's fair. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it right. goes back to how you're caring for them. How are they being treated, right? Is that yeah. they might not want anything. Right. They might really want to just minister to that family and hope. I mean, we are a family, right? But well, or, especially if it's can somebody it that you knew, abuse or, like or that you were friends with, or right. you know the family. And, yeah, that's different. All right, yeah. so weddings, 
high on the radar screen. They need to make sure this is taken care of. Right? Yeah, yeah, pastors need to be thinking through things right. and, and talking and about. And pastors them. can run interference field on this, right? Sure. Shouldn't a pastor, should. pastor should do this. So pastors, listen here. Run interference, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. Get so people we, on track with weddings ahead of time. Say, let's set the expectation level. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's do it that yeah. way. Should there be a written policy? Should every pastor have a written policy on the, in these areas? Uh, well, I think that it would be helpful, but it depends what the bride's trying to do. Yeah. If yeah, the bride is asking yeah. for 16... The wealth of the family, you know, everything. <laughs> yeah. well, we'll take people's money. All right, weddings, funerals, what else? Mm. What uh, other? Well, one of the other thoughts I had, which goes into training the next generations, is private lessons. It can be the idea of people in the church, even pastors, that a musician should give lessons very cheaply because you're training the next level of church musicians. Mm. So my kid's going to take lessons because they want to serve the Lord. So you should give us lessons for $5 a half hour, you know, or something. Now, if someone wants to give very reasonable lessons as a ministry to do that, that's that's wonderful. But then there's others, even in our church here, who... You know, they're trained, it's their degree, it's their job. Right. They have to pay for insurance, they have to pay for a good old Uncle Sam who takes half of it, you know, and all this different stuff that goes on. And are they treating them as students that don't show up? Like one third or one fourth of the students won't show up that week because mm. of, you know, a cold or they didn't really practice that week or who knows what. You know, that just is the common excuses and to say that this dictates their life. Let's make sure that we're treating the musicians the right way as far as this is their degree. Mm-hmm. You know, most people think, oh, that's way too high to charge $20 for a lesson. But they probably get paid if they have a degree in a field yeah. sure. and have advanced for years and stuff. And it's a specific skill mm-hmm. sort of thing. And I think you need to realize, like, what that person's trying to do and survive. I was going to get real specific and mention some numbers here. Now, we're recording this in 2020. We're recording this in 2020. Gosh, we'll make in, sure we well, put a date only, on these numbers. Well, not only that, but you're in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Yeah, okay. And that, I mean, this changes no matter where you're at in the United States. Okay. But in this area, if you had a $25 for half an hour lesson, that is very reasonable here. Okay. That would be someone who's not... violin, piano, or that anything? Would be, that would be if it's a piano... If, okay. if someone's not even trained completely in piano, they're just a music person like me, and my specialty isn't piano, right. if I taught $25 lessons, that would be considered reasonable in Rock Hill, All right. okay, outside of the church and things. For violin, for someone who's highly qualified, $80 an hour would be very reasonable. Hmm. Okay, that's, that's what our violin teacher currently does for us in giving us a good rate. She could charge much more depending on where she's at. If you have a person who has a seat in a major orchestra or something, you're easily talking about double that in mm. an hour. I mean, it's another house payment. You know, um, when you start talking about yeah. multiple kids a month of this is going on. I know both of you, I know Bridget, you have young ladies in the church who have taken from you or observed you, and then uh-huh. they're turning around and teaching. Mm-hmm. So you really have reproduced yourself, right, <laughs> and, and teaching. So if you've got like a college student yeah. who is majoring in music, who's teaching lessons, isn't that a huge benefit to have a, maybe a couple, is Eric, you said a couple of layers or three layers of, of type of training? Right. I mean, so mm-hmm. would right. it be good to help to, to encourage young musicians in the church to maybe start learning how to teach lessons? Oh, yeah, Cadence is 14 and she's been teaching for That's your least, daughter? Yes, at okay. least two years, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sure, you know, she has, she teaches mostly beginner students and mm-hmm. she doesn't charge nearly as much as say I would or something. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so it's a great opportunity for her, and it's also a good opportunity for people who are you know, looking for cheaper lessons to get their child started. Less expensive lessons. Less expensive, <laughs> I'm sorry about that. <laughs> How do you encourage this in the church, though? This is a discussion I just had with your son here, the pastor. How do we encourage the next generation coming up in music? Again, we see music as a huge part of our worship, and how do we encourage parents to see that as an important part of education? So often, sometimes the attitude, even of parents, is, oh, if they want to do it, that's great. Well, if they want to learn math, is that it too? You know, yeah. how important is it? And you have to decide as a family what's there important you to you it goes back and to their the education. Right. It go, all sure. goes and, back to the family. And so, yeah, there's, there's days our kids don't want to practice. We say, suck it up, buttercup. You know? <laughs> you're, you're, you're going to learn because it's, it's the only gift we're giving you. We're not getting any money from us. So... You know, it's, but for those who want to make Eric's personality, also, <laughs> after he uh, does bow hunting, then he processes his own deer meat. Yeah. Okay, so this yeah, is uh, that's, this, that's this, to establish his manhood. That's to keep his manhood. <laughs> right? It is. Right. 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 Yes. I'm, yes. Yeah, Pastor, if you're hearing this, you know you should pay for me to go on hunting outings. That'd be a great way to treat your musician. Uh, yeah, that's funny. Yes. Um, so, how can we encourage the church to support this if they see it as important? We've talked about even recently. Do we eventually try to down the road set up some sort of scholarship fund mm. that we could help pay for kids? I mean, people aren't rich enough to have double house payments always. Like we said, it can be quite expensive. Can the church help with that as part of serving? The families in the church, I mean, I know there are older people in our church who have money, mm -hmm. and they'll offer, oh, do you guys need money for, you know, whatever. yeah, yeah, give it, to, give it all to me. You know? <laughs> it's like, I can spend that stuff in no time on music lessons. But if there was a specific scholarship fund that was set right. up and controlled, and those kids were then taking those lessons, maybe even inside the church, uh, mm. you know, that the pianists of the church were serving and giving some lessons there that were cheaper because this church less was supplementing expensive. it and <laughs> less expensive. And and then those kids were required to serve in the church, yeah. and you know, as part of that, that yeah. they were receiving. And, and obviously there'd be have to, a lot of things set in place. But how is the church encouraging that forward? Um, All right, can I stop right there? Yeah. All right, now I know what y'all do. I just want to rehearse what I appreciated about y'all. So you you even encourage the younger folks, or mm -hmm. just say high school and under, who are yeah. taking music. On Sunday night or Sunday morning, right. you invite them to participate in an orchestra, right? Uh -huh. And you help schedule them to encourage them maybe to play yes. a prelude mm -hmm. or an offertory. Right. So you're always incorporating. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. so it's important, I think, for pastors to understand that this is a mindset and y'all just do a great job in doing that, so thank you. And you want to pick right. up anything on that? Well, just being careful. What does what your church service look like? Obviously, different churches might be more laid back as far as even their Sunday morning. We keep Sunday morning pretty formal, pretty focused on worship. Um, we don't want people up there taking pictures as much just at our church of kids who might be playing. So we keep a lot of that training ground at different services. Like maybe Sunday it's a Wednesday night, night yeah. maybe it's right. Sunday night. Yeah. Um, especially if someone's a little uncertain of their abilities yet and we're just trying to get them used to playing it's going to but be the a point is you're encouraging them at right. every step absolutely I think that's just so important right. Gretchen, mm -hmm. you want to comment on I that i think with giving her? them opportunities to serve on wednesday nights mm -hmm. or whenever that is huge other kids see that and they say you know i i think i could do that mm -hmm. i want to do that and i think that's what encourages kids okay. i know that's that when i was i actually took piano a little bit when i was younger and uh, i was brought up in a catholic church and there was none of that, and I really didn't know how I could ever use, I'm very mm -hmm. proud, to be too practical, 
I remember thinking, what good is this ever going to do me? Right. And I really believe if I had been in a church that encouraged that, I think I would have continued. Your um, daughter-in-law currently runs a kid's orchestra sort of thing, training Mm -hmm. ground stuff on Sunday nights that she's trying to always work on them with another piece. You already had a keyboard here. Uh, Keyboardists can play along with the pianist if you don't have a keyboard in your church alongside the the piano or double piano some people Mm -hmm. use where you have the main pianist, then maybe somebody's just trying to play along with the basic chords. And right. They have the training ground, yes. Yeah. Of, of like, and they're serving already. They're adding more to it. I think we have gone through much of this other than, I have another point here under how they're treated on valuing an accompanist time. That's moving away from special events. That's right. Is that, um, well, yeah, we've got to wrap it all up. So, so valuing an accompanist time is a huge thing I hear about from the accompanist often is how much are they being expected to come and practice with people who are doing special music. Mm-hmm. You think of someone singing a solo or something, hopefully they're not having to go up there more than every other month or something like that, whereas the pianists are every Sunday mm-hmm. practicing more than those soloists half the time to get the piano parts learned. Then meeting with those people sometimes multiple Sundays before if the person doesn't know how to read the music at all and, and playing their part for them and trying to get them to hear it, and it just depends on the person. Again, this is where pastors might have to help uh, people who can't say no or are trying to be kind mm-hmm. and be like, hey, you can't be dictating this much of the company's time. They never have time to talk with people after church even because they're constantly practicing mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. with these other people. And I hear that over and feel, over again of like, around, right? I don't know mm-hmm. if I want to accompany yeah. that yeah. person yeah. because they require so much of me. Mm-hmm. And people need to understand if they're... If they're going to come and sing a solo, well, they basically need to come with that solo learned before they get with the pianist who's going to have already practiced and have it ready or will practice on their own after that point. Mm. If you need something recorded, are we going to help you? Absolutely. Bring your phone. It's got a recorder on there. We'll play your part. You can listen to it a hundred times this week. There you, you go. Know, I, I've sung, sung lines in for people. I've done all kinds of things. Just have the right expectations of how are you going to learn this on your mm. own without taking up everyone else's time. You want to jump on that bandwagon at all, Bridget? No, I think that's great. Um, <laughs> and we've, we've made changes just trying to incorporate more accomplished so that, you know, there was a time where I was doing all of it and mm-hmm. there were people that were wanting to practice four or five times before they did their special a few weeks down the road and it was just, it was a lot. And it was, but now everybody, I think we've balanced responsibilities out a little more, and so that's. But the average church is only probably have one, one or maybe two pianos. Right. Yeah. So, like you said, it's yeah. a great idea to just yeah. record it for them, so that's then they can practice on their yeah. own. Mm-hmm. Quite often, if you encourage things that way, you do it on your phone. Right. Just on the phone. Yeah. 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 There's there's the opposite of what I just said as well. Okay. With valuing the company's time. If the company is viewing this as a worship service that's mm-hmm. glorifying God and not distracted by mistakes. Okay, they don't also want to just get the music 10 minutes before the service. Yeah. And that happens. It does. That they show up with the music, and I try to stay on top of them because I'm on staff part-time, and so I try to stay on top. Hey, have you given the music to the pianist? The pianist will contact me and say, hey, I haven't gotten anything from so-and-so, and then I'll get, mm. get involved. But get them the music, not just like show up with the hymnal. Yeah. I'm going to sing this song out of the hymnal 10 minutes before the service starts. Can we practice this now? And the pianist is expected to make something up that sounds wonderful, and, <laughs> and you know they may they may have been in a church before. That's the way it was done. Yeah, they and may it, never have right. been. So part of this is training, right, and communicating. Right, and is is worship important? To yeah, the they go back to where we started. To it, right. Yeah. Um, so just just being careful about that. And if that's the way your church does it, and everyone's happy, 
Yeah. Uh, you know, that's up to your church. But just again, are you thinking constantly, what, where do we want our worship to be? All right, closing thoughts. I only had one that I just didn't know where else to put it, and that was <laughs> something that's come up recently All right. with the different sickness and everything else that churches have been closed down or, or projecting a lot more with PowerPoints. Yeah. We started having a lot more people buying their own hymnals and bringing them. Oh, I never thought about that. If you're considering the musicians out in your congregation, they're not up there maybe serving it in every way, but a lot of them want to sing and read parts and make their own beauty as part of music. Mm. And so I would just say, as we head back into hopefully a more normal year to come, are there benefits to a thematic flowing of a PowerPoint? Yes. But then you also have the musicians out in your congregation who might be better at reading music and even training the next generation of kids next to them, hearing those parts and reading mm. music as well. And I think that kind of plays into where we're at right now in, in history. Wow. Bridget, closing thoughts? This is just kind of something random, but I've had so many people come to me over the years, I mean, I'm sure hundreds, adults, and say, I just wish, you know, I took a little bit of lessons as a kid and my parents let me quit, and I just wish I hadn't. Um, mm-hmm. And I've had even adults come to me in the past week and ask me, can I start now? Is it too late? But I've never once had an adult say to me, man, you know what? I, I practiced piano a lot growing up and oh, I just wish I wouldn't have. Like, what was I thinking? <laughs> what was um, I thinking? Yeah, I, not, not one time. And so uh, I just think as pastors, as parents, musicians yeah. in the church, like it's a skill that your child can have for the rest of their life. I mean, it's not something yeah. like sports that you can't do when you get older. Right. Um, and I just think encouraging that in the young people is really important. Amen. Gretchen? No, that's, yeah, I think you've said it all. <laughs> yeah, and I appreciate what Bridget just said. Uh, those that know me, I think, understand I was the only one in third grade boys chorus in the public school that was not accepted. Mm-hmm. And I, so I kind of shut out music, yeah. and there's a whole world out there. Right? And that's the reason we're so mm-hmm. insistent on our children learning it and being able to do it. So I want to mm-hmm. encourage exactly what Bridget just said. So parents, encourage your children. It'll be something they will not regret later on. So, Sheevies, thank you. It's an investment in worship. There you go. (laughs) It is. It is. Gretchen, thank you. Thank GFA for supporting the podcast and publishing it and putting it out and all that. Again, great having you. Look forward to another podcast in the future. Thank you. You're listening to ReChurch, a podcast of Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. If you would like more information about our ministry or how we may assist you and your church, visit us at gfamissions.org slash consulting.